and welcome back to another episode of the This Step Enough podcast. I am so excited that you're here and that you're listening. Um, Honestly, I'm a bit wrecked right now. Uh, Work has been a lot busier than I thought it would be for the last few days before Christmas, but I am here and I am excited to dive with you into Matthew chapter 3. So, Matthew chapter 3, this is all about John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism. So, I am going to read from verses 1 to 12 first, and then we'll just do a bit of a discussion on those. So, Matthew 3, verses 1 to 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptised by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptise with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. All right, so John the Baptist is out. He is preaching and he is baptising people and telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. It is coming. So again, as we said, Matthew is writing for a Jewish audience who would be very well versed in the Old Testament. So when he quotes Isaiah there in chapter three, um, a lot of them would know who who he is quoting and would understand the reference. So the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And another Old Testament reference is here, it says John Warwick garment of camel's hair and a leather belt and his food was locusts and wild honey and many commentaries say that this is drawing a similarity to Elijah who is one of the great prophets of the Old Testament as well and that John is being compared to Elijah as someone who is preaching God's word and um, communicating God's will to his people so John is baptizing people and I was thinking about this it must actually have been so exciting because from what we understand from this passage it sounds as if there's this massive revival happening there's these people going out to him in the wilderness it says Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan and confessing their sins and I suppose I was just thinking like this is what we pray for isn't it we pray for a revival in our cities and in our society where people will recognize their sin confess their sin and give their lives to the Lord um 
And I was just kind of struck by that because I think so often we can get bowed down by the doom and gloom of, um, I don't know, evangelism just being dead and nobody wanting to speak about God anymore and political correctness and all these very many things. And then obviously you've got people saying that Christians are being persecuted, which I find quite offensive to the many, many Christians who are actually being persecuted around the world. But needless to say, there is definitely a limit on the freedom of speech um, and what you can say and what's acceptable. And I suppose it's very easy to get um, to feel disheartened and discouraged by that kind of stuff. But we serve a mighty God and we know that he has the ability, the power to change people's hearts and it is only him who can change people's hearts and if we pray for it he he can bring it about and I just have been challenged myself to really pray for a revival in Ireland um, in, of people seeking the Lord earnestly and really wanting to know him because um, we know that he is capable of that and so much more so that's my little encouragement there and then we keep going and we see the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So these would have been the religious leaders of the day. And they were coming out to John as well. But when he saw them, he calls them, you brood of vipers. Which, um, you know, probably not going to endear himself to them. But he is giving them a very strong message, which I think transfers to us as well. Today, he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance repentance is not just about feeling sorry for your sins but clearly it also involves a change of mind and direction you know it's I remember when I was a kid people always would explain it saying it's like doing a big u-turn you don't just turn around and say oh I'm really sorry that was wrong of me you keep going and and keep going you have to turn away from it to express that you're really sorry for something you know if you do something wrong and you apologize for it but you go and do it again you don't haven't really clearly didn't really care too much about doing it wrong in the first place so your apology can't have been that sincere um whereas if we truly are sorry for our sin we will struggle against them and I suppose it's an important distinction to make that we will still sin and we do still sin and for many people um sin has entrapped them and you know those particular sins like uh addictions is what's coming to mind right now where people are addicted to something that is sinful and find it very difficult to give it up but i don't think that's what john is talking about i think he is talking about you know if you're struggling against sin that that is part of repentance I think what he is talking about is when you sin and you say you're sorry but then you just keep going on you don't you your apology was clearly insincere so a lot of people will say oh well if God really loves me he'll just forgive my sin again and again and again but that's just an exploitation of God's love and clearly kind of shows a lack of love for God on your part if you are happy to just keep hurting his heart over and over again and just expect him to con continually forgive you 
so this is the warning that John gives to the Pharisees. And then an interesting thing that he says is, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. And it just kind of strikes me because this is the New Testament and we're starting to come into this part of the Bible where God's people are no longer just the Jews. It's now opening up to Gentiles. And obviously we did see Gentiles before. We have Ruth and Rahab. Um, but we are starting to see this idea of just because you were born into the Jewish Jewish heritage um, and part of God's chosen people from the Old Testament doesn't mean that you automatically are one of God's um, children. So it's interesting and it's a small comment, but I just find it interesting knowing what we do know about what is to come. And then he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I <laughs> I don't really know that much about this, but personally have grown up in a Baptist church with non-Baptist parents and just the controversy and the hurt that it has caused when people fall out about baptism and how they interpret it to be a sacrament. Um, it's caused a lot of hurt and I just, when I read that verse, it just reminds me that baptism is a human act. Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit which empowers us to go and to um, live for God and to carry out his works on this earth. And that is truly so much more important. Okay, so verses 13 to 17, so just the last few verses of this chapter, and this is about the baptism of Jesus. So, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus that it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. All right, so I think Matthew is the only gospel which records John's uh, hesitancy to carry out the baptism because obviously John recognizes the irony of the situation. Jesus has absolutely nothing to repent of um, and yet he is coming and he is being baptized um, as all the people were who were confessing their sins. But it's an important uh, incident and it's located here right at the beginning of Matthew's gospel just as Jesus was about to begin his public ministry. Um, and Jesus came for lost sinners, so for all of us. Um, and in this act, Jesus identifies with sinful people. And that's kind of what he came to do. Um, so I suppose this is like an amazing foreshadowing then to the cross where Jesus is 
identifying himself with us and with our sin um, as he's about to set out into his ministry. And also he is now going into his ministry in the power of God. So the spirit comes and the voice affirms him and identifies him, Jesus, to sinful people as the son of God. So um, I don't know if you use the enduring word commentary, but I find it I don't agree with everything but I do find it quite useful and the guy who writes it is David Guzik and he says God the Father loves God the Son and communicated that love by God the Holy Spirit so I suppose it's one of the incidents in the Bible where we do see all three persons of the Trinity together because you've got Jesus uh, as the man being baptized and then the Holy Spirit descending on him as a dove and then God the Father speaking um, and affirming his identity as his beloved son. So that is Matthew chapter 3. It's quite a short chapter, um, which is why this is so short. I feel like the last, well this one and the last episode were both quite short, um, but don't worry, we're getting into the meat of it all. I think the Sermon on the Mount is imminent and there's a lot to be said in there. So these will lengthen up it again. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was encouraging to you and have an amazing Christmas as well. Bye bye.